You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I made a detour out of the game when I was hustling crack. Made a couple of dollars, made a little bit of change, never looked back. You find me at the shooting range practicing busting gaps. Want a vocal booth in this Moody busting raps. With some gold on my body, off my body, off colors. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the tailgate. After a brief hiatus, I guess I'm putting this at the beginning because I don't know when I'm recording with Kiernan. But don't worry, he's still part of the crew. He's still going to be getting drunk with us at the tailgate on Saturdays. Do I need a beer for this shit? <laughs> nah, it's fine. And if you couldn't tell, we have Jared from the Corner Booth Podcast. The podcast that gave me my start at this company. We had to have him on eventually. We had to convince him. He's too. He tried to big shot us. It's fine. Wow. No, you know what? Honestly, no, I did not try to big shot you. I was just like, how long is it? Like, Kevin waited all day to text me. And if you know Kevin and mine's friendship, you understand how timing is always a fun topic in our friendship. <laughs> but see, whenever I know I'm being last minute, I give I give like ample time. Dude. Okay, I'm like, so, hey, when? I'm, I'm not- better at that. It's not like it's not like back in the day where it's like, hey, I'm leaving the gym now, Jared. You were supposed to be on 20 minutes ago. See, so I've had a positive impact on your life and the way you handle things. I mean, also, I had a friend basically, like, leave me in a parking lot because I was five minutes late to go meet him somewhere, so that was fun. You would like this kid. <laughs> so. I, I don't blame the kid. But NFL Drafts next week, I know this is a college football podcast, but these are the guys that we've watched for three, four years, and in Hunter Renfro's case, a couple years ago, 20 years, <laughs> develop their game and become potential first-round picks. So we're going to be talking with Jared some draft darlings, some guys that we just fell in love with the moment they stepped on campus. All right. I mean, my first one right off the bat, and I hate going with a a player from my team first, but Jalen Phillips, man. Talk about a guy who got like, like just shafted wherever he went. Goes to UCLA. There were some issues there. He transfers just to wait a year. Shows up Miami this year. Everyone's talking about him and Rousseau as like the premier pass rushing duo and Quincy Roche coming over from Virginia Tech. And then Rousseau big times Miami and just takes the year off, well, killing his draft stock basically. And that and his crap pro day didn't help either. Um, 
So Jalen Phillips is kind of just tossed at the left end position of Miami and just kind of just dominates. He's every time you watch a Miami film, just watch Phil number 15 on the edge. The guy, his motor doesn't stop. He's quick as hell. I mean, the four, six 40 kind of alleviates that big frame plays the run. Well, play <laughs> exceptional pass rusher. I think he's the best edge in this draft. And I think the kid out of uh, PA out of Michigan is good, but I don't think he has like Phillips's motor. I think Phillips, the how his college career went, it was like he was he's going to be just a different breed. Like he's going to have that like that killer instinct rushing the pad. Well, you know some guys like like the clownies of the world take plays off. I don't think Phillips knows what that means to take a playoff. Even against Clemson, he was getting double teamed. He was still fighting through and trying to hit Trevor Lawrence as hard as he could, which would have been doing God's work at that point. But um, I, I love Phillips. That's definitely my first darling. I think this kid is going to make whatever team he goes to instantly better day one. Okay, I I like to pick. I do like Phillips a lot. I think he's going to be very good. And honestly, Russo opting out might have helped him because I feel like Russo got a lot of this hype going into the season. And then when he opted out, it just kind of gave Twine, or not Twine, it gave Phillips the chance to shine. Mm. I will say one thing on, on Rousseau, the whole hype was, because basically he had only a half a sack less than Chase Young did two years ago. So that was the whole hype. It was like, this kid, this skinny 6'7", 265 kid, is just come off the edge and just wreaking havoc. He had four and a half against Florida State, I believe, which maybe was skewed the numbers a little bit, that dumpster fire up in Tallahassee, but... I think Rousseau now has helped out also because, like, yeah, he might get dropped into the second round they're talking about now, which you might get, like, a team that may have just – or even a late first-round pick, so he might actually go to a team that's going to fit his system. I think he's best on a, on a rotation 4-3 kind of uh, uh, defense. I hate saying Philly, but, like, that's like the example I give is, like, a 4-3 where they rotate guys constantly because I don't think he's going to be an ever-down D-end. But who is your darling, Mr. Kevin? Uh, one note on Rousseau also, there is some concern because he came in 25 pounds heavier, so they're concerned how it's going to impact his speed and explosiveness. Boy, I showed his 40 time. 4'7". <laughs> Oof. Uh, which is still still not bad, but... Actually, do you run a 4'7 or a 4'8? I'll look that up, but... So, there's a lot of questions. I'm actually going to stick with the ACC on this one. I'm not going to go Bama yet. Jalen Twyman, he was an opt-out last year, but 12, uh, 10.5 sacks last, the year before, 12 tackles for loss, played 13 games, 40 reps on the bench, and unlike 40 times, you can't really fake a bench rep. Uh, also, he's a D-tackle, 6'2", 290. Hmm, what other undersized D-tackle went to pick? I don't know, uh, the guy who basically looks like a real-life version of Thanos. Who someone thought it would be a good idea to fight and try to sue, but... But no, I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Donald, but Penn State can... Or not Penn State, uh, someone... A Pitt fan's going to kill me for making that mistake real quick. Mm. But Pitt can put out good linemen, D-linemen, and I think this guy fits the mold. He's extremely strong, can get after the quarterback reasonably well, and he's... Even bigger than Donald. So I'm hyped to see where this kid goes and what he can do. I don't think he's a first-rounder. But if you're looking for a day two or even a day three guy, if he falls for whatever reason, he can he might be able to produce right away. 
another one I think the people are just I don't know why the hype dropped on this kid, but Rashad Bateman, like I, I like this is a ver- another good wide receiver class. But the guy running a four three eight like every other receiver in this damn combine pro day combine thing like me and Kevin figured out last night. It's like they all called each other and say, Hey guys, we're all gonna run four three eights. But Bateman on tape just pops so quick. Big physical attacks the ball in the air. I think if you don't want to trade him, go get a Jamar Chase, but you want that body type, go get Rashad Bateman. Terrence Marshall, I think, kind of falls in that same thing where they're just all big guys who can run. But I think A.J. Brown and, like, D.K. Metcalf kind of proved, even even if you want to throw it up to, like, a, a lackluster guy like a Travis Fulgham who had a hot streak, big physical receivers. The NFL, T. Higgins, same thing. Well, these guys are not going to blow you over the top on speed. But, oh, my God, just high point in the ball, especially with a quarterback who's in trouble, it's insurmountable. Like, Alshon Jeffrey, when he was healthy, was incredible on Chicago and Philadelphia and the free agent market where he is now. <laughs> but uh, I, I just even um, – that's why the Patriots thought they had Nikhil Harry. But, you know, of course, Nikhil Harry just, just know how to play football. Uh, so Nick Saban has said Bill Belichick is one of the few coaches who will actually call a college coach to ask about a guy. Yeah. And he did that dirty. with Nikhil Harry. Herm did him dirty. <laughs> and – he fell in love with him, and everyone in the front office and all the scouts were like, no, do not take Nikhil Harry. Take, like, A.J. Brown. He's like, no, we're taking Nikhil Harry. So Herm did him dirty, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I still crack that Herm Edwards is the head coach. Like, he didn't coach the NFL like like in, like, 10 years. Just signs up to coach at, like, like uh, Arizona State while he's retiring, retiring out there. It's great. Um, oh, but speaking of wide receivers, I held in my Alabama bias long enough. Devontae Smith, whoever takes him is going to be happy. He's, you know, did you see what he weighed in as? Yeah, 166. Yeah. His weight's not an issue. You have Torrey Smith and Chad Johnson both saying it's not an issue. He got off the press fine in college, and they can be more physical on the line and yeah, be more physical downfield. Yeah, they get the whole, they get more than five yards, right? They get. I, I'm not sure what the number is, but they can play more hand hand action stuff, and it's only 15 yards for PIs in college, which I don't love sometimes. Other times I love it. Penalty. Whenever Patrick Sertan's covering a guy, I love it. But also, you know who else came in kind of undersized to the NFL? Tom. Deshaun Jackson was 169 coming into the NFL. True. His weight didn't really hurt his career. No, nah, he was... He was Chip Kelly did, but yeah, <laughs> wasn't yeah. weight related. Yeah, that was more uh, Chip Kelly being a racist little Napoleonic bastard. But that's that's well, it's never confirmed that Chip Kelly was racist. But like a lot of guys were like kind of like winking, winking at it in the press. But um, I will say this about Demonte Smith: I love Jalen Waddle so much. I watch his tape more and more, and he's just so damn fast. It's like. It's like those old. It's like you not like like you know yeah Tyree Kelly yeah is fast. He's not Tyree fast, but like it's like those old videos like Dre Archer when he was at Kent State where he's just like he's accelerating through guys to get to the end zone, and it's like that dude just doesn't have a. It's like it's like one two eight just gone, and everyone was asking me today like if if, if it's twelve you get Smith or Waddle who do you want? I'm like in Sirianni's offense, I could 
would love either, but if I had my pick, I'd take Waddle only because I just love that. Like, Rieger is fast, but Rieger isn't like, holy shit, hold, like, strap down everything fast. Like, this dude's going to, like, with, with Smith, Smith is kind of like Rieger speed where it's like he's faster than 90% of the guys in the league, but there's going to be a corner or two might be able to catch him. Where, like, Jalen Waddle, I think the only guy might be able to catch him from behind is Tyreek. Or, like, John Ross or, like, or uh, your boy Ruggs. So, I like Waddle only because Sirianni's offense is built for small receivers who can fly. Like, it's a lot of crossing patterns, West Coast stuff. It's basically to say, hey, Jalen Hurts, you're going to take three shot, three or four shots a game. It's going to be a lot of 20 and under throws, and you're still going to look efficient as shit. He made Phil Rivers look like a pro bowler for half the year last year. So... Um, if Jalen Hurts is the starter, well, hey, listen, I have a comment on that, but that's basically ju- they, every coach says that when they're first year head coach, unless it's like an established MVP, it makes sense. Even though everyone in the building knows it's going to be Hurts, it's just a shut Flacco up, basically. True. Um, all right, I actually have a question now. It's not, and I think I know where you stand on this, but for those who have not listened to Corner Booth, Micah Parsons or Jeremiah Kerr. Karamoso Owusu or Owusu Karamoa. It's Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa. Yeah, Owusu Karamoa by a mile. I, yeah, Micah Parsons' 40 time looked great. Congratulations. Owusu Karamoa's pro comp, Kevin. Do you know what they labeled it on NFL Network? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No. Jamal fucking Adams. <laughs> like, Jamal Adams as an outside linebacker is, like, incredible. The fact, the only problem why he's not, like, listed that right now is, is he's because he's a safety. Um, That means uh, Owusu, Owusu Karamoa can cover. He can play in space. His first two damn plays on the highlight tape are, like, Madden-level hit sticks. Like, your controller's vibrating the balls out kind of hits. And that's what, like, that was what popped out to me at first. The fact that he can cover in space, and there's not a bad like Micah Parsons' tape felt very chopped and edited. Where Owusu Karamoa's was just like, he's just there, he's just everywhere. Owusu Karamoa to me is that sideline to sideline linebacker. Everyone's like, oh, Micah Parsons is the next Devin Bush or Devin White. I'm like, y'all gotta chill, man, because I have a feeling this dude is gonna be like a good linebacker, but like. I think Usu Karamoa is like there's two. I think they're both gonna be great backers, but I think Parsons needs to go to a place where he can play downhill for eighty five percent of the eighty five percent of the snaps, where Usu Karamoa can go anywhere and dominate. Like if if he's sitting there at like twenty seven or some miracle, twenty six or some miracle, and they're already talking about Philly trading back in the first round to go get a defensive guy, I would be the happiest kid alive. If we picked him up middle linebacker and put him next to uh, Alex Singleton. So. Because that, that's that's a linebacker core that covers some space. So, I love this kid's tape. Micah Parsons, to me, I feel like he's going to be – he'd be good in a 3-4 system, Kevin. So, like, like a Denver, maybe. Uh, I could see him in Carolina, too, working because he's got good sideline and sideline speed. It's just he's not going to be – he's going to – he's going to have to, like, get off blocks and, like, be playing downhill because I don't know if his cover, how good his coverage ability is. I have one concern about 
uh, Karamoa. And so the last three drafts, the first linebacker taken off the board was under 240. Roquan Smith, 236. Devin White, 237. Isaiah Simmons, 230. Micah Parsons is 245. So uh, kind of bucks that trend a bit. But Karamo is only 216. He has to get bigger if he wants to continue playing linebacker, unless a team drafts him to play safety, which is or, possible. Or like striker kind of pick, like they did with Adams and they did with um, um, Malcolm Jenkins. I feel like I do agree with you. I think at least getting up to 225, like an Alec Ogletree kind of weight would be great. Like, because linebacker to me, if you have the muscle and the size, you can just knock dudes out. It's not really an issue. If you if you're a linebacker and you're weighing under two ten, then we have a problem. But I mean, like at this point, I feel like it's easy enough for him to put a fourteen a fourteen pounds on in camp and still run a good forty. That's just that's his nutrition, baby. That's not that, that's not that anything out of the ordinary for him. Yeah, the issue that I've read though is a lot of people have said the same thing about Devonte Smith. I think. Being a slightly undersized receiver is a little different than being an undersized linebacker. Uh, college strength coaches get paid a lot more. Yeah, so They're, it's going to find the personal strength coaches to get the weight up. Yeah, which I, I be, I'm sure he'll do it. I'm not saying Karamosa doesn't have the drive to get bigger, but it, it is a concern, and that might be why Micah Parsons is a little higher right now, because he is a traditional linebacker. He is a big dude and he runs. So yeah, no, I, I see the I see the hype behind Parsons. I just think that on tape, Karamoa Karam- is just so much more fun to watch. He's 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 like a, he's a heat seeking missile. He's everywhere. I love it. So now, now what's the one guy that you would not touch in this draft with a ten foot pole? Um <laughs> Besides Zach Wilson, um, it could be Zach Wilson. We haven't really talked quarterback. Zach Wilson is the cheap pick. I could even say I'm scared of Jamar Chase because I don't know how like he might be rusty. He might have gotten out of shape from sitting the whole offseason on the bench. He might show up to the draft in great shape. I don't know. Um, Patrick Sertan. That's who I don't want to touch because of what you said to me. If you look at any film where an Alabama player is getting smoked, mossed, jumped, cut, whatever, number two is usually not far behind. <laughs> and or I don't know. I call. Everyone loves him on tape. And I watched his tape. And then I watched a lot of guys in the SEC receivers. And I saw a lot of uh, Patrick Sertan. I think he's a good corner. I just don't think he's like, he deserves that top notch thing he's getting. He should be a back end first rounder like Quandre Diggs. Because I think, like, like Quandre Diggs, he's got some flaws, but he's going to be a good cornerback. I would love if Dallas took him because, sweet Jesus, give me him versus Jalen Waddle two, two, two times a year or versus Jalen Rager or Travis Fogel. Oh, geez, I'm taking that matchup. At least Quandre Diggs can cover deep. But, like, I think J.C. Horn's not getting enough credit, and neither is Caleb Fairley. Everyone's like, all oh, the back injuries. I'm like, yeah, but, like, guys, it's Gronk made it 10 years with a back injury. He gets hit more. So... He kind of made it 10 years. I mean, I also think J.C. Horn has the advantage, uh, Caleb Farrelly's advantage of playing a not too heavy contact position. His corners, like, it's not going to be like he's going to be Jalen Ramsey running up and decking a wide receiver in the backfield. Like, not a lot of guys have that kind of, like, hell, hell speed. But I think Sertan, to me, just scares me because I, I get Dean Milliner vibes. Hate to bring up, open up a pass wound for Alabama fans, but he just gives me Dean Milliner vibes. Where it's like, what's wrong here? Like, 
it's just he doesn't seem it, it seems like almost like either I should convert to safety like Minka did. Fellow Alabama fans got mad at me for my Patrick Sertan takes. I would like to defend them. <clears throat> I think Patrick Sertan is one of the best coverage corners in this draft. He can cover anyone. He's strong enough to cover anyone. His ball skills scare me. <clears throat> he got some picks, yes, but more often than not, it's Mossed or P.I. Those are the two outcomes that you saw the most often. And in the NFL, if he gets P.I., that's a spot foul. That is not 15 yards like in college. You're staring on the barrel of like a 30-yard penalty. Especially if it's like, depending on who the offense you're playing. Let's say you're playing Seattle and Ross chucks off the DK. Oof, that's like 30, 40 yards on a penalty right there. Yeah, it's, it's going to be bad. The player I wouldn't touch in this draft. Oh, I, I haven't really thought much. It's Trevor. Lo- no. It's not Trevor Lawrence. See, I almost said I almost said Jamar Chase worries me, but I think he's gonna be fine. Like I, he's gonna be he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a Pro Bowl receiver wherever he goes. It's the same concern that with his teammate Justin Jefferson, which means he's probably gonna be fine. You know, this is a this, anyone who listens is gonna go. Obviously, Ian Book. I would not touch Ian Book with a ten foot pole. I don't want that man eating up a training camp spot. He's not even. He's projected sixth round now. Yeah. And I would not take him in the sixth round. You got some beef with this guy, huh? He's not good. I don't want him taking up a training camp spot. I would rather have like one of the former XFL guys, one of the guys from the fan-controlled football league, one of the guys from the AAF. Eddie, I would rather have some like championship league British player trying out for kicker taking Terry up a roster spot. Let's do this. You know what? Screw me in book. Give me Brentford striker trying out as a kicker. I love it. I also could have said the same thing about KJ Costello. Yeah, no. But I don't trust any later than book. That's not Patrick Mahomes. He's the exception, not the definition. Yeah. I, I also, by the way, KJ Costello got benched, what, three times this year? Twice? He's something ridiculous like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Lane's doing. No, that he played for Mike Leach. Oh, he was Mississippi State. Yeah, Costello was Mississippi State. All right, so yeah, so I don't know why I thought it, who was I thinking of Mississippi State. Still, it's KJ Costello. I thought it was Mississippi State because like he did not put up good passing numbers in an air raid offense. Yeah, no, he they, Mississippi State had that good first game where they shocked everybody, and then they got shit on the rest of the year. Everyone's like, I think the Air Raid's going to—I was that idiot who was saying Air Raid was going to take on the SEC, and then I'm like, wait, the SEC's just got better coaching and better players. They figured out the Air Raid in about two weeks. Yeah, I mean— That was, that was Jared, Hall of Fame dumb Jared takes. I mean, it's not a terrible take because, like, the read option took— the SEC and took Alabama the distance and beat them a few times. Things like that. I mean, the Wildcat when but the it started Austin making like was a newer concept. Whereas like Air Raid's been around since the eighties, man. It's like everyone. It's like just chucking. Also, the Air Raid's not a hard concept to figure out. It's 
Five guys are going deep, three are underneath, and just, you know, three are underneath, two guys are going deep. It's not really a hard concept to figure out. I mean, neither is the triple option, and that gives SEC teams fit still. That's about human nature. That's not even, that's not even, like, like head-scratching concepts. Like, as a guy who played in, I, okay, so I'm not even trying to go to, like, all glory days shit here, but I played three against three teams in high school that all ran triple option. As a defensive lineman, I hated those games. There's no passing. It was just, it's the ball's going three directions. If you miss, you look like a fucking idiot. So, like, I just would hit the guy who that I was supposed to hit. And half the time, they would have the ball. It would be great. But it's it's irritating because it goes against human nature. You want to chase the ball. But if the ball's going three different directions in a matter of a half a second, a lot of guys can be out of position. That's why the triple option is so effective against certain teams that play fast. Yeah, I don't know. I just have nightmares about the triple option after the Citadel in Alabama were tied 10-10. That was the most hilarious start to a game. I'm at the gym like, oh boy, Kevin is probably having a heart attack right now. I was miserable. I was at work watching that game. That was when I first started like talking to you, like as, as, as friends. Like We were like, I think I just met you. And I was like, oh, Kevin's going to be fucking pissed. Yeah, it was, it was miserable. And I couldn't even swear because I was at work. Jesus. Yeah. But, I can't imagine that. So, Jared, I told you it'd be 15 minutes. It's been almost 30. So, thank you for coming on, taking time out of your busy, busy afternoon. Yeah, semi-busy. Taking away from the show, I know, but... Oh, my God. I gotta figure out how to do this contact hitting shit, because, like, hitting for power is all I can do. I hit, like, eight home runs, but I have a batting average of, like, 212. <laughs> figure that out. Uh, we'll have you back on for the ACC preview we're doing. Oh, yeah. Go. It's all about the U, baby. Fuck Clemson. <laughs> I'll agree with you on one of those. So thank you for listening. Um, I have no idea if I'm putting the part with Kieran in after this or before it, but we'll figure out. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 